Need something new to play but not sure where to start? You're in the right place, my friend. Today, we're sharing nine games that you need to play. Welcome to episode 20 of the Critical Twits podcast. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Ravinsky. And I'm Colin Howard. And today we've set ourselves a challenge. Each of us have found three games that the other two haven't played. And we're going to make our pitches as to why they should. No, must. Play them. Yes. Hopefully by the end of the podcast we'll all have a lovely list of brand new things to play. Yay, all our money gone. How did you find the process of choosing your games? <laughs> I found it really easy because I pick crap games and nobody else plays. <laughs> <laughs> You're a man of esoteric tastes. Apparently. I looked at my game rack until I found something that other people had played about ten minutes before we started the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. I really thought about mine. Is that bad? Uh, no, because no, you're so. probably the only one of us that's professional. <laughs> no, no, it's a lie. It's two games I played over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And one I first played over 20 years ago, but it was based on a conversation we had in a previous podcast. Okay. So what you're saying is these games that you need to play are actually some games that we kind of found on the 99p rack that other people haven't played <laughs> no. and you might want to give them a try. Shall I go first? Yeah, Because that leads nicely into that particular game. Okay. We, we've talked about Alpha Protocol more than once. Yes. Yes. And certain people sat around this table persist in saying that it's not a pile of shit. Yes. The reason it doesn't work for me is that when I was young, yeah. when I was a young warthog... I was thinking that. Yeah, mm. I, yeah I picked up on it, so I thought I'd sing it. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Podcast is slowly linking our minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I bought from a car boot sale oh, a DOS play. game. Oh. Now, for young people, DOS is what happened before Windows. Yeah, because it didn't have Windows. Imagine a brick wall mm. <laughs> where a window could have been that <laughs> um, you had to bang your head against in order to make anything happen. Yes. Uh, back in the days of sacrificing versions to play a computer game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're not quite back into the clickety clickety tape days. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we are talking about three and a half inch floppies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Grow up. Grow up. No. <laughs> um, we're talking about a game that I think modelled the spy experience far better than Alpha Protocol did. Okay. Uh, a game called Covert Action. Okay, well, that's very on the on the nose. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, it does exactly what it says on the really large box. They were massive in them. They were giant, weren't they? Size, yeah. Sure, the point of being covert is that you wouldn't get a lot of action. Because you get in, get out before anybody realises what's happening. That's not a bad point, actually. But isn't that in itself the action? No, because they call it covert. It's about not action. action. Yeah. But isn't running, jumping, climbing up trees, going shh when you're up there, isn't that action in and of itself? Why am I talking like this? <laughs> well, no, because you wouldn't be running because that makes too much noise. You'd be walking slowly. Or you do that weird, that weird squat thing they do in films where they've got guns and they squat down and they run on I, their squat legs well, yeah. if, you, if you did that <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, they've got too much weight on their back yes oh, yeah, so. it's really uncomfortable I tried it at Airsoft once and fell over on some <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just automatically picking holes as often as I can just, okay. to, just to ruin your presentation so <laughs> this is uh, Sid Meier 
Oh, okay. Game. All right, yeah. The chap who made all those other lovely games like Pirates. Yes. And mm. Civilization. Civilization. Mm. Ant Simulator. Mm. Yes. And all those other shiny things. Um, and Covert Action had you cast as Max or Maxine. Ooh. Remington so very early game for me where I got to pretend to be a lady yeah which affected nothing that happened <laughs> to the point where when the James Bond you meet a beautiful woman in a bar yep. you still meet a beautiful woman in a bar okay um, well this game sounds good already yeah because that's quite progressive that's yeah. nice I'm, yes. I'm happy um, yeah you got a choice between being male or female that yeah. was quite nice um, and you were a CIA agent Oh, yeah, okay. Tasked with uh, taking down terrorists. And this is 1990, so this is yeah. before... Terrorists. It's well, not before terrorism, it's before anyone really gave a shit about terrorism. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Because it happened... To other people. Yeah, basically. No, no, it's, it's fine. Um, I found it really, really interesting. Um, the manual came with a list of all the different active terrorist organisations at the time that were based on reality. Really? That's kind of cool but depressing. Yeah. The copy protection was, it was like, find the head of the Stasi. Okay. And then you had to look in the manual, find the picture, and then it's like some kind of weird terrorist, guess who? (laughs) So, yeah, I felt like I learnt a bit. Yeah. And then it would give you a portion of the world, you'd get some information, and you'd be sent off to go and stop a terrorist plot that was progressing. Okay. The terrorists would be on a timer, so if you wasted time, if you did things that weren't helpful or you messed around, like yeah. if you flew from a city to a city, it would take time to go to the airport, and then you'd have the, yeah. the flight... So things could happen while you're trying to get to where you need to go. So it was oh, all on a timer. Cool. Yeah. yeah, really, really nice. Um, and then you could disrupt their plans. Sometimes you'd have to leave one of the terrorists working, even though you know they're about to do something bad, because you then follow them to meet the mastermind. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, which yeah. brings into the moral dubiousness yeah. of spies and what they get up to. Yeah. yeah. What the first thing I really liked about it was that the missions were randomised. Cool. The names and stuff were randomised, so you wouldn't every every game was different. Yeah. Um, it all felt um, different each time. There were some bits that would be repeated. Yeah. But generally, you've got things changing. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not talking kind of procedurally generated. With sometimes the random generation generates something absolutely balmy and wank. Or we're just talking it, it distorts things enough that it's different. It never it's still structurally fit. Yeah, everything game. seems to fit together. Mm. It just sort of assigned random names, assigned them to random locations. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. And that sort so of thing. So it's still, you know, stop the bomb. Yeah. But yeah. now it's Jeff in Paris yeah. rather yeah. than Fred in Moscow. Yeah, which yeah. works. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, which yeah. works. Cool. And the thing that what I really liked about it is you had four different gameplay, like mini games within the game. Okay. So you could break into places, yeah. Um, go through um, computers or filing cabinets, taking photos, collecting evidence, planting bugs. Yeah. Uh, if you think it's a meeting place, you could gun people down. You could then arrest people and carry them out of the building. 
Presumably cab. before you gun them down. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gun down the guards. Okay. Um, with tranquilizer guns. Oh, that's all right then. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't quite know why. I think they were trying to keep a, a low rating on it. Yeah, probably. It, it makes you yeah. a little bit more um, like a good spy, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're not just random. You're just like, okay, I'm going to shoot these guys because yeah. they're in the Rather way. Rather than America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could also get attacked at various points if you'd been too noisy and loud in what you were doing. Okay. Um, or you were. Uh, in a city with a double agent so sometimes you get misinformation Ooh. okay and you'd realise cool. I keep getting the wrong information it's all coming from New York so you fly to New York and accuse the guy of being a double agent what a twat um, <laughs> which if you're wrong got you in loads of trouble yeah but if you were right really helped out and you could, they were interrogated and okay. that sort of thing yeah. uh, you could drive so you could follow people in the car yeah um, and you had like a car that was really slow but no one would notice you could pretty much drive on top of them and no, they wouldn't notice you were there Yeah. or a sports car that you had to be four miles behind them <laughs> um, and you could sort of run them off the road or follow them to new locations to unlock places Ooh. you had you could intercept or you could find messages that you'd then have to decode using a sort of substitution cipher oh okay so mm, bit enigma Mm. Yeah. Kind of things, yeah. And finally, you could wiretap, which involved uh, you had pictures of different microchips and you'd swap the chips out and it yeah. would change the flow of electricity through a grid. And you're trying to divert where the electricity from the different things went yeah. to. So it went to you. Yeah. And you had like alarms and stuff and it could cause you trouble and, and all sorts of things. Okay, that's quite cool. Yeah. Now, it's not a perfect game. Sid Meier came up with what he called the covert action rule yeah which was the mini games they took too long in his eyes okay and so they broke you out of the actual game which was solving these crimes and following the clues and going to the right places and things like that Um, I didn't care about that I really like the shooty bits and it's the shooty bits that are a bit too long okay there's the longest one so I I liked it I thought it was really good so yeah um because you're a heathen and you think that Alpha Protocol is good, I thought I would recommend a better spy game for you. <laughs> mm. Well, this sounds like a proper spy game, whereas Alpha Protocol is, yeah, stupid game. shooting it's, it's, game, pretending to be a spy game. Yeah, it's it's spy like like James Bond is. It's not really a spy movie. It's man in a flashy suit shooting mm. people. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Any questions? How's it presented? You look a bit like James Bond or a woman that James Bond would meet and then have sex with and then shoot. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, is it is it first person? First oh, person it's... Text um, boxes? The shooting is top-down. Okay. So like a, a yep. grid. Um, the driving is also top-down. The wiretap bit, you see the thing itself. Yes, yeah. And the... Decode bit is it's it's on a computer screen. Yeah, yeah. So it's on a computer screen within a computer screen. Yeah, it's very ahead of its time. Um, <laughs> and you you sort of press buttons to to change the things about and stuff like that. When you went to a new location, it was almost like first person, like you were standing there looking at the safe house or in the hotel or yeah. doing those sorts of things. Okay, mm. I'm intrigued. Actually, I am actually intrigued. Oh, yes, yeah, so am I. It's um. Well, is it, how's it, is it controlled using like keyboard? Keyboard, yeah. It's so from nineteen ninety, so pre mouse normal. Well, not pre mouse, but pre that evolved into mouse. mice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, that actually sounds quite interesting, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's like a realistic... It's, it's, it sounds like all the best bits of Pandemic that I like. Yeah. Okay. Trying to get to places in the right amount of time and managing things properly. Yeah. 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 All my games sound shit now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Covert Action, uh, cool. Sid Meier's 1990 Spy Simulator, uh, which was one of my favourite games uh, growing up. Okay. Um, and it seems to be one that no one's ever really heard of. Feel like I need to play it and just pull it apart now because yeah, <laughs> really need to play it and go, Everything is rubbish, and you <laughs> lied about it all. If you play that, I will play Alpha Protocol again. Okay, and we can compare the two. That's yeah, almost worth it. Yeah. yeah. Who'd like to go next? Go on then. Okay. Um, this one's a fairly new one. I'm recommending, um, but it's based on a couple of different series that have been around for a long time. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't like it when you mention it because I've spoken about this before. Neither of you particularly did, but I'm going to try and sell it to you. Oh, anyway. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm sitting up with attention this time. I'm going to recommend Stardew Valley. <laughs> sounds wank. <laughs> Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. That yes. sounds like something out of Farmville. Aren't stars made of plasma? Yes. yes. So the dew from a star would be superheated. Yes. So life would be scorched from the valley. So it's some no. kind of post-apocalyptic simulator. <laughs> That's what made the valley. <gasps> yeah. Superheated plasma carved a valley. Oh, so it's like, like sides of glass. Oh, that sounds really cool. Is it a game where you're, the valley's made out of sides of glass? Cause... You've made my description wank now. Thank you. <laughs> it chose to wank. Uh, uh, yeah. No, it's not any of that interest. <laughs> it's not that level of thing. It's a more relaxing game. Okay. Is anything else? Um, you play a guy who used to work for the JoJo Corporation, which is kind of an analogy for Coke, Amazon, and big name corporations as such. He's got fed up with his life, and his granddad has given him given him his farm with his will. So he goes to live Aww. on the farm and make it work again. When you say goes to live on the farm, I had a dog that went to live on the farm. <laughs> Is my dog in the game? That's where my nan was. <laughs> my dad told me that my nan went where my goldfish did, and I can only imagine he flushed her down the toilet when he thought I wasn't looking. <laughs> now, this might be an analogy for a death farm, I'm not sure. He's, he's, he's murdered himself in his cubicle, and this is where he's gone afterwards. This is the last vestiges of his life draining away, Quite thinking, possibly. what if... Yeah, I think there is a rule that any game you could possibly think of, or any film, or any TV show, there is somewhere out there someone has made a website dedicated to that. <gasps> They're all really dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, for most, everything. Yeah, most yeah. likely. Apart from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. Never watched the last series. <laughs> Genuinely, no, I never watched no, any of it. So I heard there was a polar bear, and, and when there was a kids' program I watched about an island called Noah, and he was, and, and if they killed Noah, he was my favourite cartoon character. So <laughs> fuck you, Lost, and, and I didn't watch it. Oh. So, so yeah, so yeah, so you're living on on a farm, mm-hmm. um, and it's been abandoned for a while, so it's quite desolate. So you've got to build it back up, so you can build your crops on it, bring animals in befriend the people in the village gather things go fishing the goal is in essence to do whatever you kind of please to get by day to day you don't have to achieve anything you don't want to but there are loads of things you can do so the whole game you're spending it maybe building your farm up so buying new seeds finding ways of making those 
fruit and vegetables into nice jams that you can sell for more money and oh, stuff like that. So you can buy more jam. Exactly. Everybody does. Everybody does love jam, actually. Everyone does love jam. Make, it's a presents. universal thing. Yeah, you give people presents in the village and everybody seems to like the jam. So, yeah. Can I, just, <laughs> I don't like jam. Okay, well, pickles then. You can have How pickle. can you not like jam? Who, I don't like jam. Who doesn't like jam? Because you put jam, jam on toast. But, yeah. but, or a sandwich. But toast or is savoury. Jam is sweet. You can put it in a sandwich. Have you, you've never had like savoury and sweet mixes before now. Have you not had your palate sweet and sour? Yeah, I'm sure you've got a sweet and sour thing in in your bag for for lunch later. Yeah, but that's clearly delineated as such. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're not happy that jam pretends to be a sweet thing and then hides on top of something savoury. I just don't like jam. <laughs> I've not really thought about why. Do you not, Defend yourself. So do, do you not like the mixing of sweet and sour? Is it is it, is it something that morally offends you? <laughs> has sweet and sour sauce has to be a separate box. They can just sit I'm there sorry, and I've... glare at his savoury balls. <laughs> yeah, you can choose to build up your farm. You can choose to go fishing every day and just collect all the different types of fish there are. There are ways of regrowing the community centre by bringing in various items and things like that in there. You don't have to do any of those things. Mm. It's lovely presented in nice sixteen bit graphics. Everything's well. We do love sixteen bit graphics. Yeah, um, it's got a very high quality sixteen is sixteen eight to sixteen bit. It's a kind of, thing. of shovel knight quality. Uh, it's not quite. It's, it's still a little pixelated. So it's, like, it's it's almost like it's stylized to be eight bit, but with the sixteen bit backgrounds, right? Yeah, yeah. And colors and motions and actions. Right. I mean, the characters breathe. Dude. They look like little pixelated sprites. They're quite detailed sprites, but they breathe in and out. So it's little things that give the whole place a nice life to it. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to kind of step away from having to achieve something at all times and intense, hardcore gameplay, I think. I don't know if this is like my ingrained Protestant work ethic, but <laughs> why? Why? How do I know worth one? Well, you, 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 you set your own goal. You, you are, no, I try and do this with my writing, and I'll go, oh, I must write 500 words today. And then the little voice in the back of my head goes, nothing will happen if you don't have another biscuit. See, now... You sit there eating biscuits the entire game, if that's what you want to do. I'm gonna, like, I feel sad and fat. <laughs> now, I'm going to stick up for Aaron on this, because I do... I hate it when you two pick on me. <laughs> I, too, enjoy a game where there are no specific goals or are no goals at all, and it's just... Off you go and do stuff. Yeah. Like, I haven't actually played it, but Bomb Simulator. Or those yeah. other... Oh, what's the lorry one? Uh, truck Simulator. <laughs> truck Simulator, yes, yeah. right. Um, I really want to play that. They're good. Just because driving that type of... So, yeah, I can see where that would... Yeah, I mean, you could do stuff and you could achieve things in it. Yeah. If you want to. And there's, you know, you make more your... money or you make more things and it's nice to collect stuff and things like that. I but... presume it's for your own personal gain rather than the computer telling you to. Yes, yeah. You don't feel like you're doing it for... to win the game and such like that, which is occasionally nice to not have to try and... I was going to say achieve, mm. which sounds horrible, but it feels like the creative process. You're just in the process of making stuff. You're enjoying the making as much as you are the end goal. If that makes Go sense. On, you must have enjoyed SimCity. No, I always get bored. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't like no, jam, genuinely. he doesn't place and now because I've said he doesn't like jam and that can't be cut. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have that jam conversation in here. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm gonna keep talking until you talk again. Because <laughs> I want the jam conversation. I feel it? like I'm being picked <laughs> on for not liking a game I haven't played yet. In no, something it, where Aaron is supposed 
supposed to be convincing me to play it, not cast me as a pantomime villain. No, you're being yeah. picked on because you don't like jam. You can go off and get married and have do the little typical farm thing and have a little family and a, a efficient running farm and have that as your end goal. How's that fun? That's just classist. How's shooting marines in the face fun? It is, Blood and guts, and then so you can look at a guts. leaderboard. No, no, I, I play lots of games with that. <laughs> there we go. Stop putting words in my mouth and creating false dichotomies. <laughs> you should know about this. He likes blood um, and guts, but not jam. I genuinely find these kind of games really boring. Okay. There's also that kind of thing where you wake up, it's a new day, and right, you've got to go and water the melons because otherwise the melons will die, and then you've lost <laughs> loads of progress growing your melons. Yeah, to a yeah. certain extent, yeah. So then I've got a job. <laughs> in a game I'm playing to escape from the fact that I have a job so, yes but without that heckle over your shoulder that's the issue the with melons jobs. will die yeah theoretically or oh, you, you build some stuff to build a sprinkler so it mortars them automatically but then that's more work I need to do <laughs> yeah so it's like me building an automated spreadsheet at work but to automatically if you do the thing to... for me I still had to build that myself okay and then they'll be I'll be like right well I've got loads of time let's go and get some chickens <laughs> yeah and then I've got to feed the chickens <laughs> well no you just let them out and they feed themselves what about the kids if I have the kids do I have to feed the kids no 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 they figure it out themselves they, they figure it out the themselves yeah, okay yeah. that's, that's, that's right. what the wife is for yeah exactly no, or, or husband, you can't. It's, it's, it's you can play with male, oh, female. You get to play a girl. There you go. Marry either sex. So isn't this game just Harvest Moon? Yes, I'm thinking with, Animal Crossing, but with play. less horror. Why, why play this one and not those ones? Because there's more to it. Harvest Moon is always it's taken everything from Harvest Moon, everything from Animal Crossing, and merged it into one big okay. game. In essence. Um, why are you interrogating me about your no, game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm questioning you because you're the, the one who's not convinced. So I'm oh, is, are you sold on this then, Colin? Do you, do you no, not so? at all. It's just funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I like the sound of it and I do sometimes enjoy those type of games. My issue with it, though, would be I'd start playing it and then four weeks would pass and I'd have lovely melons yeah. and a pretty wife and I'd have everything, and then I'd go, oh, I haven't seen my friends in four weeks, and I think my <laughs> cat's died. But I don't have... In fact, we got a cat, and it died in the four weeks, and I didn't even notice, and it my life had gone... like Civilization tends to do to you. It's like one more day, one more turn yeah. thing to it. Yeah, yeah, you Just do get five a bit... more minutes. Does it, does it have an end point? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. No. Then I think somebody said there is a kind of... You get to a certain point, there's kind of a big ceremony that's considered the end, but it lets you carry on playing afterwards. It's like a new game plus type thing. Yeah. Well, it goes into build mode. I did have a look at this the other day because you mentioned that you were playing it. Yeah. When you should have been working. (laughs) (laughs) And disgraceful, isn't it? Playing games like a child. (laughs) Isn't there a dungeon? Yes. Whoa, oh, hang on, this is interesting yes. now. Yes, it's one of the other elements I found Rash got around to bringing up here. Yes, there is a dungeon, a mine that you go into essentially. Yeah. Um, where you go mining for minerals. And you need to defend yourself from slimes and monsters and things like that if you want to. Can you yeah. get killed? Uh, kind of, yeah. It can knock you out, you lose a load of your money, the memory of the last six levels of the mine. And lose some items you've picked up. But and you get don't die. No, you don't die. Die. That's oh. the thing. There's nothing. Could you not play your own child and avenge your, your previous character? No. Oh. Is, this is starting almost to sound like a, I presume, two D. Yes. Version yeah. of 
Minecraft. Mm, Let's build a yeah. house. Now I need some minerals. Oh god, there's scary things in the dark that oh, I died. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So Which, Colin might like that, but I no, have no interest no. whatsoever. No. No. So you're not you're not into the whole No, it sounds dull. Okay. Hmm. I, I, it just seems uh, I, th- I find those sorts of games they they used to appeal to me and then they'd be too open. Yeah. There'd be no guidance and I would just get bored. There is guidance. This is the thing I always... uh, uh, Yeah, Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon did have that. It's like, do these things because you can. And like Minecraft, yeah, you've got no guidance, just carry on and do it. Mm. There are goals in this. Certain characters will ask you to build certain things for them or collect certain items for them or grow certain plants for them and stuff. Mm. So you've got little goals to guide you through to give you encouragement to do different things at times. So you've got a bunch of incompetent extras are asking you to do work on their behalf. Yeah, sounds like work. Like Harvest Moon, or Animal Crossing. Yeah, or The Office. Or yeah, but the they, Office. They, if you don't do it, they don't shout at you. They don't really care. But but they like you more if you do do it and give you money. Which and that's how relationships isn't like work. Yes, <laughs> it seems very capitalist. <laughs> yes, yeah, there is that. I was like, I did find it a little bit funny that there is the JoJo Corporation like basically Amazon is a big superstore in there and if you join as a member you've got a slightly different side of story that goes with that or you can be the, the hipster end side <laughs> of things and just do everything locally no. but it's still capitalism it's still very make money make, this is what's yeah. good make more money well the thing, thing is it's, it's no more capitalism than wandering around the wasteland oh there's a raider excellent I can sell his stuff yeah mm. excellent Colin well, I'm going to talk about a original Xbox game that I bought way back when I was not 18, like the game told me it, <laughs> it should have been, um, called The Suffering. Okay. Which I've figured out none of you have played, thank God for that. No. Um, the Suffering is a first-person or third-person shooter. You can toggle between the two oh, at okay. any time. And then set on a prison on in Maryland... You play a convict who has killed his wife and children. Lovely. Pretty much immediately, monsters start crawling out of the woodwork, the prison goes tits up, everybody starts getting murdered, and it's Escape the Island, essentially. Okay. Now, what sets it apart for me from any other, you know, turn the colour settings down on your TV so it's darker, which it tells you to do at the beginning, um, any other of those type of games is... Every creature in every location has a backstory. You get two books, um, two scrapbooks that you find collectibles for. You fill in the books as you go. One's written by the wife of a prison warden, and the other one is written by a convict who's been there for about 50, 60 years. Sounds like the KFC guy. It's <laughs> great. It's got a proper Texan accent. I, I really like it. Um, and one Two secret herbs and spices. Yeah. Surely um, he has a Kentucky accent, not a Texan accent. That would make more sense. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the books when you find a creature, like for example, the very first creature you find um, is humanoid, but with arms and legs made of shivs, essentially. Okay. Which is stabbing people in prison, is what if they still call them shivs. I don't know if it's changed. Um, but when you find the first kind of piece of information, it, the guy has documented it and goes, right, well, there's a lot of history of shiving in this prison, and then it gives you a little bit of the backstory of the prison itself. Now, I don't know how much is real um, in the history of the prison. I think some of the characters and kind of bosses were real 
convicts and prisoners on this island um, in the prison. Okay. Um, and the location one, it also goes through the events that go through. So in the prison, you find you start filling up the scrapbook, and it gives you the history of the prison, what went on there. It's fairly linear, yeah, as a game, but with areas to explore. If you see what I mean, so there's there's little bits of routes, and because of wanting to know what the hell was going on, like there'd be a new monster turn up. Um, for example, a, a little girl that was on fire floating around the air throwing fireballs at me very annoying I went out of my way and ran into multiple more monsters just exploring the area trying to find that piece of information to put in the scrapbook so I could go what the hell was that as it turned out it was a a little girl that accused someone of witchcraft and they got burned at the stake and they've been punished for all eternity for it so there's a lot of supernatural (coughs) intrigue but it's it was going through the game and finding out what's going on that really interested me more than just the the shooting do you have a good atmosphere while you're playing is it creepy and unsettling and actually horror like or I I was a lot younger um, so I work on it well yeah (laughs) at the time yes one of my issues, I did replay it a few years ago, is actually I had the setting light settings turned down too much and I actually missed a hell of a lot of creepy stuff the first time because <laughs> it was so dark. So you basically played the game with your eyes closed virtually. It's almost like that, yes. Um, Atmosphere-wise, it's very good because you have, you have a flashlight that's attached to your person that you have to collect batteries for. You can turn it off, which will save your battery power, and you can hold up to nine batteries, but they're finite. That's been used in a lot of games. It's been used in a lot of games, um, and that kept the atmosphere up for me, especially when you're um, in the bunker below the prison, where there is no lights, and you're going, I've got one battery left, and it's halfway down, and there's no monsters here, should I turn it off and try and navigate in the dark? And then you hear something, and so I liked it for that reason. Okay. I thought it did the atmosphere very well. There's a lot of named boss-like characters who keep reappearing and, and the history of them and who they are continue through and their, their story seems to intertwine with yours, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Mm. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Can you grow melons? No, no, you can't. But what you can do is the very last thing that sets it apart from other games like that, there's a rage button. Bear in mind you are a convicted murderer. Okay. Um, you don't remember what happened, or at least that's what the, 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 your character information says, because you never actually talk at all in the game. Um, uh, the typical, the silent protagonist of the, the early 2000s. Protagonist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a rage button where you turn into a giant, slobbering, horrific monster that resembles the very monsters that are attacking the island. Oh, okay. So you're. Ooh. The- part of it well there's a character in the game who um, he's only seen on a projector he's a old doctor Mm. uh, who's been dead for like two centuries and he keeps appearing as 45 mil film projected on walls and he keeps talking directly at you and seems to have a special interest in you so I found that very interesting and the way I did it is I was trying to play a good guy yeah so I was trying to use the beast as little as often, fearing that it would lead to a different ending. Yeah. To which there are three. 
Oh, okay, so there's multiple endings. Yeah, there's a, a good, a bad, and a neutral. Hmm. Is there one that involves a dog and a spaceship? There is not. Ah, so it's not completely like Silent Hill. No, no. no. <laughs> so we go with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it may um, sound like gibberish, but I do have a <laughs> <laughs> I should have a cult. <laughs> Yeah, no, that sounds quite good. I mean, how's the, the gameplay-wise, the combat and such? I assume uh, that's probably what you get into more. Yeah, the, com- the combat um, is fairly frequent, as you could imagine. The enemies uh, have a nice variety. So you've got like the the shiving, shiv-wielding, fast-moving creatures. You've also got ones that uh, resemble a firing squad from World War Two that are blindfolded and have multiple rifles stuck in their backs. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so the, the creature design is really cool. Um, so you, you get a nice variety of combat. Cool. Well, I know after round one who I'm voting for so far. <laughs> Bring me some juicy melons. Um, excellent. Shall I go on to number two? Do you remember last week when I said I was disappointed that adventure games, point-and-click adventure games, disappeared? Yes. yes. I'm going to recommend to you my favourite point-and-click adventure game. Okay. Um, it's not the first one I ever played. Um, I've played quite a lot Uh, it's the first one I ever finished on my own I actually completed the whole game and this was back before the days of the internet oh shit it's too easy then okay not interested yeah it's rubbish and I was a child (laughs) I played it again over the weekend and I couldn't do it (laughs) I got stuck um, because I couldn't work out how to do something and so I had to cheat (laughs) Uh, but yeah I played it over the weekend to make sure it still holds up because it came out by the time the podcast comes out it'll have been out for two weeks uh, in a remastered shiny edition that looks absolutely lovely uh, the game is Day of the Tentacle oh ok yeah I've heard of this yeah heard it not played it no yes Day of the Tentacle from 1993 it's a sequel to the 1988 or 89 game Maniac Mansion yeah I have played that one yet another point and click game mm. which is still it was always an easter egg in um, Day of the Tentacle you can play Maniac Mansion on one of the characters computers oh okay yes. that's yeah. quite cool <laughs> and it actually forms part of the plot the characters that you meet inside the mansion yeah. talk about how um, they are owed loads of money by LucasArts but they forgot to sign the contract for the rights for the game that they made of <laughs> them no. <laughs> yeah. And it actually forms part of the plot. Okay, that's quite um, Yeah, so it's slightly self-referential in that in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's quite good. Um, made me laugh. Um, it's... The new edition is really, really nice. Really, really smooth. Everything looks absolutely beautiful. Because the art style and kind of the things that happen are all based around the old sort of Looney Tunes cartoons the what's his name Chuck Jones yes yeah. yeah Chuck Jones the that sort of art style okay the if someone's running somewhere they'll lift up off the ground their legs will spin around and then they'll shoot off um, there's a bit where one of the characters gets um, an exploding cigar yeah. lit for him and his head pops Um, and then he grows a new one and you just carry on so it's got that whole cartoon feel to everything that you're doing the game itself the plot is a hamster arrives at the house of Bernard Bernoulli who's a nerd in college all stereotypes yeah a little bit yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) just just generally assumed he 
receives his message and he is summoned by his friend the Green Tentacle from Maniac Mansion. Okay. To return to the house, rushes to the house with his flatmates Laverne, a slightly psychotic uh, medical student, and Hoagie, who is a roadie for rock bands, who looks a bit like Jack Black. Okay. They go to the house. Purple Tentacle has been mutated. He's grown arms. This has made him mad with power. (laughs) And he's plotting to take over the world. Okay. So, Professor Fred has a time machine in his basement. So he tries to send everyone back in time. But he's used a knockoff cheap diamond. Because he forgot to sign the royalty contract for the game. Um, So the the diamond breaks. Bernard Bernard comes back. Or Bernard, because he's American, comes back to the, the current day. Hoagie is thrown back in time 200 years. Yeah, and they're using the mansion to finalise the US Constitution. Okay. So you've got like George Washington and Ben Franklin and that sort of people there. Um, And Laverne is thrown forward in time to a time when the tentacles have taken over the world and humans are kept as pets. (laughs) Um, And they are using the house as the setting for a human show where they've groomed and primed and primed. Um, all the humans um, and you're locked up so you have to try it well you start off you're stuck in a tree yeah so you have to use some time travel based puzzles okay in order to affect so what Hoagie does will affect the future so you chop a a branch off a tree in the future and then you're not stuck at the top of it later yes yeah so you you manipulate time to get down yeah Um, and there's all sorts of really, really, really silly things like that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to talk about without ruining any of the puzzles. Okay. But everything has this crazy cartoon logic. So if you wanted to send a live animal forward in time, now they can pass items between each other by flushing them down what they call the chronogon. Each of the time, <laughs> each of the bits of the time machine is a portable toilet. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can't send a live animal through the chronogon; it'd kill it. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, obviously, you put it in the freezer for 200 years and then defrost it and put it in the microwave at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> That's one, one thing, one very small minor, minor thing that, yeah. I, um, that, the, that you do. Um, I won't tell you what animal, etc., etc. Voice acting's really good. Lots and lots of silly jokes, lots of silly characters, yeah. uh, everything sort of slightly heightened. It made me laugh many, many times playing it again. I'm not too sure about the balance of the puzzles. I said I got a little bit stuck, but a lot of the puzzles I remembered, mm. even going almost 20 years forward from when I played it. Totally fairly distinct, Ron's end, yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. good sign. So um, I had that with Monkey Island, actually, when I played through the re releases of those, a lot of the puzzles yeah. like. Oh, I remember exactly what to do. It's bizarre that because it was well written and it made a nice joke, I remember the actual yeah. puzzles. Yeah. yeah, I've played Monkey Island. I prefer Day of the Tentacle by far. I think its its humour is funnier. Okay, if you're about to badmouth Monkey Island, I make no, that. no, I, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Monkey Island doesn't. I like Monkey Island. Yeah. But this, to me, this is better. Okay, fair enough. Um, it sounds better to me. It's sillier. Monkey Island can't be accused of taking itself seriously. No. But it's more serious. Yeah, Monkey Island, it, sound, it sounds like Monkey Island's trying to 
put his feet in reality a little bit more than yeah. this has. It's just gone, well, we could be a bit daft with it. Let's let's muck about. Yeah, because yeah, it's quite where this so has gone mad, 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 mad. Yeah. yeah. So, so ridiculously um, over the top. Yeah. We had too much pot um, at the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. And none of the puzzles are impossible. And yeah. nearly all of them are sort of telegraphed through... Um, things in the environment or the conversations you have or the descriptions when you look at the items and things like that mm. it, it gives you subtle hints so there's no hint system built into it no like the new monkey islands have yeah but this doesn't need it because you can just talk to everyone and uh, yeah, look at your items and, and do that sort yeah. of thing um and you'll be fine and i really really enjoyed it it made me ridiculously happy to sit over the weekend <laughs> and uh, play it again mm. um yeah and it's it's silly it's funny it's wholesome you yeah. know the whole family can play it um it's a bit ridiculous but it's just it's just great fun and there's some really clever puzzles and such like in there as well oh, cool so that's Day of the Tentacle okay oh that's quite good I like it yeah okay my game is a Wii based game which don't know that put you off straight away mm. it, yes uh, no more heroes uh, not played it have seen it no more heroes is a uh, Suda 51 Grasshopper Studios game he is a bit hit and miss his humour is he's either hilariously funny, funny or a little bit too uh, you being a bit racy kind of you're just being offensive now type of yes. humour No More Heroes lands on the uh, actually being quite funny humorous side sorry, of things although childish very sorry didn't he do Chainsaw Lollipop uh, yes I think so yeah, yeah that's what I mean um, his gameplay mechanics tend to be better than his writing No More Heroes is um an action hack and slash as such mm-hmm. okay so it makes best use of the Wii remote you you wave it around and he slashes a knockoff lightsaber right, which is mocked yeah. for being a knockoff lightsaber okay um, it is runs it? on batteries like a Wii remote does <laughs> so you need to pick up batteries to make sure it stays charged or if it doesn't you need to shake the controller to get, get the batteries running again oh dear it's that... very silly it kind of Okay. Make, is this you, is first it person? It's a third person. Okay. Uh, like over action. the shoulder. Yes. Yeah. So you run around with the um, nunchuck controller, and then you use the other stick, uh, the to actual nun- swing the yeah. remote to swing and hit enemies and stuff. Everything's um, again. In, I've got a thing about this like pseudo sixteen eight bit style because it's in that kind. It's slightly. Aaron has a fetish. Yes. The f- Most of the game is set up in this kind of cell shaded comic book style which fits the theming of the whole silliness yeah um, but it occasionally breaks into kind of the 16-8 bit references to older games and things like that through it very quickly was that a design choice or was that because the graphics chip on the Wii was made of complete and utter arse I think the cell shading was done possibly to get around some of the arse of the Wii <laughs> but it was built in heavily so it fitted with a thing I remember when every game was cell shaded yes this was part of that era was, as well yeah. those were dark days but also light days very close together <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah you play Travis Touchdown right um, yes it's supposed to be ridiculous he's um, a uh, otaku I don't know if that <laughs> rings a bell for all of you guys basically a massive Japanese nerd Yep. In essence, he is obsessed with wrestling, anime, and his whole house is filled with that. But he wants to rise in the ranks of the um, Assassin's League or the United Assassins Association. Of course, he does. Yes. 
So you have to fight your way through um, the people that are protecting these uh, ranked elements of the Assassin's League. Yep. Get to them and have a boss battle, each of which is massively unique. One of them involves a baseball match against him. They each have got a specialist style, things like you know, one of them's a baseball match, another one's a DJ, so he blasts music from speakers or knock you about and stuff like that. It's all very stylized and silly. It's this, not taken seriously. This is kind of sounding like Scott Pilgrim, yes, the video game. Very much so. It feels a lot like Scott Pilgrim was kind of referencing this at some, at some points. Right. That kind of rise through, but instead of being boyfriends, it's just assassins who'll fight for assassins who aren't really assassins because they fight people really obviously and destroy whole city blocks building entire giant robots to fight people things occasionally of course did um, anyone play the Scott Pilgrim side-scrolling Streets of Rage style beat-em-up which was no, amazing I did it not. was really good fun yeah anyway um, yeah so you fight people who's been katana or wrestling moves that you learn from various magazines um, yeah the combat's nice and quick it's free-flowing it, when you say it's nice and quick does it actually work or is it once you've sacrificed many virgins prayed to the unicorn no, works perfect rubbed Buddha's tummy a little bit not, does it then work it's not one to one because there was no game on <laughs> on the way it's one to one I'm desperately trying not to respond to what you just said my brain's <laughs> processing all the things you added to that like, I don't remember doing all that to get the Wii working however there was a couple of no uh, is it actually easy to control because my memory yes. of, the, of the Wii just convoluted <laughs> was I tried to play what was the first person shooter that, sh- that shipped with the Wii oh, oh the what was that Red Dragon I think something like it had a, it had a slightly oriental red front yeah yeah, it was awful. It was. I, it was like trying to play Goldeneye again, but upside down, backwards in a hedge with your face. <laughs> with a no. broken controller. So it actually managed to make the Wii work. <laughs> yes. It's one of the few ones, I think, like I said, it's not one-to-one, because the Wii controller wasn't capable of one-to-one. So you are essentially limited to sort of down, left and right slashes, sideways slashes, stuff like that, defending yeah. yourself. Um, unless you get in close combat with somebody who's been made dizzy after a certain amount of attacks and then you've got is quick time but quick motion controls for doing a wrestling move okay which kind of fitted because you were doing a wrestling yeah. move so you throw if you wanted to suplex somebody you'd throw the controllers up is it and it's nice and accurate it picks it up yes yeah um, so I think I only had a couple of issues with the entire game played through it which was having a crappy remote I, I feel like I need to prepare for VR because that's the next big thing in gaming supposedly and everyone has already been, but yeah, yeah. But it's you know everyone's Bleh. going on about it. Yeah, to you too. <laughs> Cough up the hairball. Let me carry on. <laughs> um, it's crap. <laughs> it seems like it might be a nice way to prepare. Yes, build yeah. yourself into the uh, new technology. Yeah, you feel you're more involved with it than. Yeah, yeah, and because, you are as likely to smack somebody in the face doing this as you are. Yeah, we are, yeah. Because I played the Wii for two hours, felt thoroughly sick and confused, and then just never went back to it. This game feels like it's been set up, kind of knowing that's you're going to get worn out quite quickly yeah, is, or tired out. Is there any way of playing it without having to have a Wii? <laughs> so no, didn't didn't make it. it. That's sad because it would be nice to try and play something that maybe with like the PlayStation camera or the Kinect, similar. Or yeah. 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 Um, if you feel yeah, brave. although those things never work as well as the Wii controller did. Then know, again, I could, I could get a Wii for two pound fifty. Yeah, so you could buy a Wii fine. U for about two pound fifty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
I think if someone gives you £2.50 with the Wii U, you take it off. <laughs> actually sounded mildly interesting. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It sounds much better than growing melons. It does. My only issue... Yes. And it puts me off more than growing melons. <laughs> it's the stigma attached to the Wii with it. <laughs> well, don't, worry blame, blame the, don't blame the console for the game. I blame the console. <laughs> Colin, no, you, I can... Go on. You're wearing burgundy trousers. Other people's opinions isn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, most games where you have to use a Wii remote, like with that dra- uh, dragon game that was on the very first Wii, were just toss. Yes, they didn't control properly. Everything flows and moves properly. Hmm. It's a game built about wadly waving the controller occasionally, Which is, and it rewards you for there are occasional moves where it wants you to just whackle it as quickly as possible you look really to be silly yeah, yeah because you just be daft with it but it plays on that it jokes with it, it okay. it's in, enforced in the game it knows the Wii controller isn't really that great for these kind of things so it dicks about of it a bit yeah. oh that sounds good yeah Colin okay I Sorry. also have a amusing game uh, to tell people about which is A Conquer Live and Reloaded for the Xbox a remake of well no not remake a remastering of the N64's Conquers a Bad Fur Day oh okay okay have any of you played Banjo-Kazooie I played it in a shopping centre once or you're aware of Rare's games or at least their their early games I remember Rare being really good until they started making games for children yes well (laughs) this was in my opinion one of the last good games that Rare produced um, rather than doing their normal kind of kid stuff, um, you know, Banjo-Kazooie and, and, and that like, I think they all got really drunk at a Christmas party and went, we're making a game about a squirrel. Okay. Let's make him an alcoholic, drug-taking, foul-mouth-swearing nut job who's <laughs> going on a complete insane adventure whose guide will be a, square, a scarecrow who sniffs glue. What's nut- <laughs> was nut job a deliberate pun? No, but it's a squirrel. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder why you're clapping. Right. Um, the game is third person, um, has platforming elements, and you guide conquer. Yep. Um, you are drunk, trying okay. to get home, where you then get killed. The first time you've got to get home, you don't know where you are. Uh, the first time you get killed, uh, you meet Death, who is a midget uh, with a very squeaky voice. Is he a midget compared to the squirrel? Yes. So he's really, really. He's really, really. And has a high-pitched, squeaky voice like this. So he sounds like me. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Um, Who doesn't like squirrels, because squirrels have multiple lies, like bloody cats, and I'm quoting there. Okay. Um, And so you get to go back and you have nine lives. So it does use the life system, which is... it's built it into the narrative. It's built it into the narrative. Okay. It's um, like Dark Souls. Yes. You are trying to get home, and through it you go through a series of, of different adventures that tend to parry popular movies, such as Saving Private Ryan, The Matrix, Alien, Van Helsing, and The Terminator, all in a span of a few hours. Okay. And doing it really, really well. Um, the kind of main plot over you just trying to get home because you don't know where the hell you are yeah. is King Panther um, his milk keeps falling off his table okay because the table's missing a leg and he keeps putting his milk on and it falls off and his 
evil scientist professors realize that obviously it keeps falling down because it's missing a leg and the only thing that would replace the leg is a squirrel because it's the perfect size and so you are being hunted (laughs) um, to the point where if you lose all nine lives you end up being the chair leg duct tape to the table and you prop the milk up with the king (laughs) putting the milk down on the table and going oh much better um combat wise it it varies Uh, to begin with you have a baseball bat uh, with a nail in it uh, that you use to bash enemies it's not very precise Okay. I, it is one of the major early flaws. It's a little bit wank. Okay. Um, you kind of have to swing half a second before you think you have to. Was it the same on the N64? I never played the N64 okay. version, but I believe so. Um, however, once you get to the Transylvania level, where you accidentally end up in the sewer and washed and down a stream where you crash into a bin and walk out dressing as Van Helsing, um, you get guns. Uh, starting with Van Helsing, you have a blunderbuss, and then you end up enlisting in the army because the evil weasel professor has made a teddy bear army that all the squirrels are fighting. Okay. That's the Saving Private Ryan bit. Um, and from then on... Yeah. <laughs> this sounded mad. Mad, yeah. That's why I said they got very drunk at a Christmas party when writing this game. Okay. Is it funny or is it just stupid? Um, I found it funny. Was it because you were seven? No, this only came out for the original Xbox, so I... It, you were 12? Uh, yes, but I didn't get it till much later than that. Okay. In fact, I, I replayed it, I think, last year, okay. and I was still laughing. It breaks the fourth wall a lot. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, the very first thing, you have to get past a gargoyle who's sleeping on a bridge, at which point Conker turns to the screen and goes, hang on, I've done this. Surely you guys could have written a new story. I know it's a remastering, but for fuck's sake, you know, don't be lazy. You then hit the guy with the baseball bat, and it goes, ha ha, we did fool you, you have to use something better than that. And so it, it okay. writes it into the narrative. Okay. Yeah. That, um, just to spoil it a little bit here, if you don't mind, because it is a very old game, um, but one of the major things breaking the fourth wall is the game actually crashes. And Conker gets very upset and taps on the TV, <laughs> screaming at the developers because the game's crashed. Okay. Yeah, so it does a lot of that and uh, a lot of whining. Does it feel, what he's doing. feel a little bit like Rare have just tried to let off steam? It really does. It feels like they've gone, we're going to keep to our platforming and, and that, kind of, that kind of colouring and the kid-friendly type of stuff, but we've had a bad day and we want to say fuck a lot. Okay. <laughs> That sounds good. Is yeah. it is is it not a platformer then? It's a beat 'em up or um, it, what is it? It has platforming elements. I mean, you can hover. You're a squirrel, so you're a bit like tails, you know, with a, <laughs> yeah. with the spinning through the air. It's only got one tail. <coughs> it works if you've got two. <coughs> it's bigger though, isn't it? Oh, I suppose. Does that um, work with penises as well? You've got a big enough one you can helicopter yourself around? Maybe so. Okay. Very early on, it's, it's quite platforming while you've got a baseball bat. Later on, when you get to the World War II part, it becomes very shooter-based. Okay. Um, the bosses are brilliant. Every single one is unique and different in, in a way. Uh, there is a poo monster that sings opera. Okay. It's an amazing song as well. Um, he... I think I've seen this on YouTube before. Don't you have to defeat it by throwing toilet, toilet roll in his mouth? Yeah, the great and mighty poo. Yeah, yes, <laughs> song yes, 
Um, okay, I was with you up until that. <laughs> <laughs> it's immensely childish, but in that kind of. In, in the right way, if that yes. makes sense. Like, it's not something you'd want lots of, but it's. No, no, kind of... you wouldn't want it a lot, and it's only a couple of minutes long, that boss yeah. fight. But it's just long enough to go, oh, I feel 15 again, yeah. and that's awesome. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's one of my favourite games. The breaking of the fourth wall does push it over to being excellent for me. It did come bundled with a online version where you took up the role of the teddies or the the squirrels fight it and it became a, you know, they had a shooter latched on. Obviously no one can play that because I'm sure the servers are long, long, long since dead by now. That sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Shall I go for my last one? Yeah. Last, but by no means least. My final choice then is not quite a point and click. It's one of the modern Telltale style adventure games, Mm -hmm. Uh, but based off of that kind of that point and click adventure story uh, games. Um, It would have been, had I played it when it first came out, my game of the year for last year. Ooh. But I've only just recently played it because it came out in a retail edition at the start of the year. So in about nine months' time, be be aware, it's probably going to be my game of the year for this year. Okay. Um, so I might just copy-paste this bit of the podcast in. Um, Wish we'd fall Save me some work. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Dark Souls 3 might knock it off. There's some other games coming out that might do a good job as mm, well. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah, that game is Life is Strange. Life is Strange, you play a girl called Max. Mm-hmm. She has returned to the hometown of her sort of early childhood. She's yeah. 18 now. She's got a scholarship to a prestigious academy called Blackwell, mm-hmm. um, where it's full of sort of artistic students, students that are good at all sorts of different subjects, but are quite. It's kind of a bit hipstery. Oh, okay. Not to interrupt you, the reason I have a slight weird expression on my face right now is... Because you're gas? No, Blackwell. That just doesn't sound like a school where everything's going to go right, does it? Well, this is this mm. is the thing, and you this know, is the thing I really like about this game. Oh, this person's gone to Blackwell Asylum. Well, everybody's yeah. going to die now. Yes. Yeah. Ma- Max is kind of quiet, a bit shy. She doesn't put herself forward. Hmm. Um, she's just had her 18th birthday, but she's probably a little bit immature for her age right she wears quite cutesy t-shirts she still wears very childish pajamas to bed she has a friend who's a guy but they're not going out but it's quite obvious that he really likes her but you're never quite sure if she actually gets that or not okay um you play her she goes to the toilet as you do when you're at school between classes okay um sees something she wants to take a photograph of in the toilet okay. there's a butterfly comes flying in through the window is okay. that what it is because that's yeah. the excuse no I can't <laughs> say that um, not since the police report so <laughs> she goes down to the end of the, the toilet around the corner and then a guy bursts into the into the uh, the bathroom mm-hmm. who is quite obviously off his face on something mm-hmm. um, going a bit crazy so she hides yeah he's followed in by a girl who tries to blackmail him he pulls out a gun and shoots her in the stomach Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah, and this is, you know, you said Blackwell Academy sounds like where things are horrible. Yeah. This game, it is both sweet and tender and quite innocent in places, and it is so pitch black dark as fuck in other places. It is totally inconsistent. <laughs> Yay! In the best possible way. 
because <laughs> the whole game is about growing up and about going from being innocent to being not innocent. Yeah. Um, and it has that that loss of innocence and that loss of purity is a really big theme throughout the, the five episodes. Yeah. She sees this happen in the bathroom and she realises that she can, if she wants to, rewind time. Okay. So she rewinds time, smashes the fire alarm, the girl doesn't get shot, and she changes the timeline. Okay. Game over? It's yeah. a good game, bro. Like no. <laughs> oh. When I was growing up, mm-hmm. I made a shitload of mistakes. Yeah. Pretty much everything I did between the ages of 14 and 19 was a really bad choice. Mm. I think that's for most people to be yeah. fair. Yes, and I think this is why the game works. It's all about being able to change your, your decisions, to change the choices that you have made. Yeah. Something that I really wished I could do when I was that age. Yes. When I was young. Uh, so Max has that power. Mm. What's really great about the game is she can only rewind a few minutes at a time. Yeah. So she can make a make a mistake, say the wrong thing, annoy someone, or get a bit of information out of someone, then rewind to the beginning of the conversation, use that information to get more information, all okay. sorts of things. Um, but when you start getting to the later episodes, you've made choices, you've stuck with things. You may have rewound four times till you got the thing you were happy with, but then that choice is set in stone and you have to deal with it. Right. So you're not sure which one's going to be good until later on when it's too late to do anything about it. Yes. And then you can't change time. Now, lots of these games that deal with sort of choice, um, Until Dawn did this, it had like the butterfly effect built into yeah. it. Uh, the Telltale games go, Jeff will remember that. Mm, yeah, I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this does it really, really well because it makes the idea of, sort of choice and consequence both part of the theme of what's going on yeah. and part of the mechanics of the game itself. Yeah. So it's really, really clever in that way. Mm. Um, I just absolutely loved it. Mm. It's really, really well written. Yeah. The characters are really, really good. Uh, you find out the girl that she rescues is actually her best friend from five years ago when she used to live there um, who she's not been in contact with and then you kind of meet back up with her and you sort of reignite that that friendship you start investigating what happened to her other friend who's disappeared Uh, you find out there's lots of corruption in town there's corruption in the school and all the kind of the happy shiny everything seems really nice everything starts to kind of get stripped away and the reality of the situation everything gets grimier and muckier and dirtier and darker as you go through the episodes okay which so good the Mm. there is a i think i can't remember the term of it but there is a psychological process that as you grow you kind of see things not as brian happy visually your brain doesn't interpret those things the same way so you start to see oh you're telling me i watched hook the other day jesus tap dancing christ what kind of (laughs) horror story was i watching i will say you've explained the themes and stuff yeah sound massively interesting but almost like i don't need to play it to understand the themes now does, is, does the fact that I know that's the theming... Is that the theming be- is fine because it's the, the process of actually... The, so the, the characters and the way the theme is used. Okay. Um, I have to say, when I got to the end game, mm-hmm. it gave me a choice. Yeah. 
a choice I know I wouldn't be able to undo. Mm-hmm. I turned the game off and went away for two hours to think about which choice I wanted to Ooh, make. I haven't done that in a game in a long, long time. No, I've always just gone, yeah, that one. Cool. I genuinely couldn't choose. Okay. And I had to go, I really thought about it. I chose the ending, saw what happened, and immediately regretted my choice. Mm. I then went on YouTube and looked at what would happen if I'd chosen the other ending. Yeah. And went, I'd have regretted that as well. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So. This is the sort of game you play when you're in a good state of mind because if you're in a dark place, it's going to make it worse. The thing is, there's some bits of it that are really uplifting and happy. You meet your old friend, you get to know her again, you're kidding around as kids, you're messing about. It's really... It's really nice yeah, and sweet in that I, way. I've watched and played things like that where it introduced those elements. You get really happy. Here's a really friend. Nice. Here's it getting pulled out from underneath. You enjoy the horror, you wanking stain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally inconsistent. I genuinely found it an emotional experience to play. Yeah. It's bugged me. The choice I made has bugged me since I made it. Now, are those the only <laughs> two choices or is it those the choices you got because of the actions you took there are I think it's just the two the two choices at the uh, at, at the, the end, end. Mm. yeah um, I think it might make the story a bit too convoluted if they try to fit in everything <laughs> yes you get you, there's there's different things that happen throughout yeah it's just um, like it doesn't make, make a difference yeah I don't want to explain more but I'm no, no, still no, no. satisfied with the choices I had yeah they both made perfect sense the endings both made perfect sense I know that I mentioned the ending because I know it's been divisive for some people mm. again it links to the the themes of growing up yeah you can't make everything right for everyone all the time yeah okay so there's going to be some darkness no matter which way you go because the character's grown up and the character is older yeah Hopefully I haven't ruined it for you. No. <laughs> um, there were a couple points when I wanted to shout at the screen mm. because of things that had happened because of choices I had made. Yeah. Um, and things I had done. Sounds very good, but it doesn't sound like a game I'm going to play anytime soon. But it was... Oh, no. Oh, the characters are so good. <laughs> yeah. and I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I, fi- I feel genuinely enriched for having played the game. Yeah, yeah. Do you, know, I what, do you know when you want to play this, Aaron? I figured it out. When you've had a good day at uni, yep. or you've achieved a lot for the day, yep. and then you can go and play a computer game where you ruin somebody's life. Yes. If you've had a shit day at uni, and you've got none of your writing done, and then you play this game, you probably would end up on the very same. I made this mistake with The Road. Okay. Oh, The Road I found massively God. bleak and horrible. The book. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't in a particularly happy place at the time when I read no. it, which is why I picked it up because it was dark and depressing. It fitted no. my mood, and it made me worse. And yeah. I couldn't. Pick, I, I didn't pick a book yeah. again for six months after I read that, <laughs> but just in case it did it to me again. <laughs> so Aww. no, I get it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yes. one of those things. You could. I felt enriched. I understood things. I saw the world in a nice, in a different way, yeah. format and stuff yeah. like that. But you have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to brace yourself for that yeah. impact. What's it? Oh, I'm trying to think of. It's almost remind not not because of the themes or anything, but it reminds me almost of The Witcher. Now I haven't really played The Witcher since my PlayStation originally broke. Yeah, not because of the themes or the gameplay or anything, but because it's such a massive commitment story-wise. I've I've never sat there and gone. 
I've got 20 minutes before I've got to go do something. I, I don't feel like The Witcher, that's enough, because there's so much yeah. to know. And is, is that similar with Life is Strange? No, no, it's episodic, so you can play an episode and walk away. <laughs> Each episode is two and a half to four hours, depending on how thorough you're being and okay. how much of the random stuff you pick up. Yeah. But there are huge, long-lasting um, consequences. Yeah. You can... You can you can lose a character in the second episode and they just don't appear for the next three. Okay. And it's commented on and it's an integral part of the story or that character can still be alive. Okay. And appears and sends you text messages and you see them. Yeah. And they're, again, they're an integral part of mm. what happens. Yeah. It actually has a really nice it almost sort of flow and feel to it. sounds like the kind of thing Mass Effect tried to do. Yeah. yeah. But overstretched. Yes. But please don't be put... Oh, it's so good. No, it's, it's, it's so it, it good. It sounds really good. Yeah. It's bittersweet. It's not depressing. It's not horrible. It does I, go to some very it, dark places that yeah. I did not it expect it to go to. It almost doesn't sound like a game to me. Almost more of a... Um, Art flick. Interactive story, you know, similar to, like, oh. Heavy Rain. and It's got gameplay, but it sounds like something you play for the story rather it's, than the game. Yeah, but it's it's gamier than something like that. Yes. Because you've got the ability to play with time. There's puzzles to solve mm. using the time mechanics. Yeah, I mean, I have um, actually seen you play a little bit, and it, yeah. it looked fun, actually, the the little puzzle you worked out was... Yeah, there's lots of... Di- and there's lots of different things you could... There's a couple... There's, like, a couple stealth sections. Mm. So you break into somewhere you shouldn't be and the security come looking for you. Yeah. If you get caught, you can rewind time, but you've got to find somewhere to hide and you're getting chased by hmm. them. And hmm. Yeah, it's already good. And the characters it, are so good. I wanted to know those characters. Yeah. I wanted to be their friend at that it age. It seems to be taking elements from actually lots of really good games, like Prince of Persia. Mm. Yeah. Character development. Yeah, character development similar to Mass Effect, although I'm sure other things have done it before then, and this and that and that, and actually, yeah, actually, it does sound really good. Yeah, yeah. it takes a really sort of tight focus on a small cast. Yeah, um, and intimate stories. Not we're trying to save the world. It's like we're they're trying to save our own little world. Yeah, we're trying to yeah. save our bit of the world. Yeah. I'm trying to help my friends. I'm which, trying which to tackle the bullies. Yeah. I'm trying to stop the corrupt. It's very which, sort of close yeah, to yeah, it. Feel almost, you feel more invested in stuff like that because that is stuff we've been there. Gone we've done it, that. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, yeah. but we've experienced it. Yeah. We've all been 18. Yeah. Excellent. So, Aaron, what's your third and final choice? My final choice is a PlayStation 2 game <gasps> called Shadow Hearts. Now, Colin is entertaining too good to be put off with this because it is a JRPG. So I'm going to try and sell it past that. <sighs> it does run on certain JRPG elements. It is turn-based. You do come across random encounters. Charles it is a linear... Children with spe- spiky hair? Uh, uh, yeah, the main characters have slightly <laughs> spiky hair, actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> Chloe in but Life is Strange has blue hair. So, yeah, so it, it plays like just a... JRPG with turn-based combat and things like that um, except it introduces the judgement ring which okay. requires you to uh, it runs like a clock round um, at various speeds depending on how bit difficult the attack is and you have to hit certain areas of the ring when you're doing it so there is an element of skill involved in the turn-based combat mm-hmm. so it's a bit more uh, a bit more Gained in a bit that. like Final Fantasy VIII, where you had to pull the trigger for Squall's yeah. gun sword. Yeah, that I didn't realise you could do until I played thirty-five hours of the game. 
sleep having yeah, not played that. Yeah, didn't even tell you that actually. Yeah, no, I went. This guy's rubbish. Why is he the main character? And then I realised he could do triple damage if you pulled the yeah. R1 button at the right <laughs> time. Uh. Um, the game is based in a kind of well, in an alternate uh, version of 1913. Okay, um, and Good you uh, are playing Yuri, who is a harmonixer. He is able to channel the ele- elements of various demons to help him do what he wants and needs to do. And at the start of the game, he hears a voice from one of these demons telling him to, because they help him. Yuri's told to rescue his girl from a guy called Roger Bacon. Okay. Who is going to sacrifice her for some kind of um, summoning ritual. Of course. You will... You rescue very early on the for straight away kind of thing after a first boss battle, and you spend the game traveling the world trying to stop what he is doing. It is heavily invested in a lot of the things that were happening in the world in 1913, although it's alternative. So uh, China and Japan's conflict was starting to come to, come to terms. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, just where you start off. Okay. So you're trying to stop uh, China war? and yeah, China essentially trying to stop China going to war with Japan, uh, destroying them, and. Uh, this crosses over into Europe, and you're in essence trying to stop what it implies is World War One. Okay, I did. Um, Do you have to stop Archduke Franz Ferdinand being killed? No, it's it's, oh, it's okay. done. It's the rubber in this game is other things in the background that are causing that to happen. It's an exploration of religious thought and feelings. Um, so it explores Shintoism, um, Buddhism, Christianity, and things like that throughout the game. Okay. And the darker elements of each of these religions. Okay. Um, it also explores um, the dark sides of the psyche. It's very strongly based on Jungian psychology. So the concepts of the uh, various personas you you hold um, in front of people, particularly Yuri, tends to channel this I misheard you and I thought for a second I thought you said onion psychology <laughs> and it was all about peeling layers a little bit actually it's mm. not that far off with you young did you yeah. not say onion psychology <laughs> <laughs> youngian oh because I also went onion yeah peeling yeah. back layers it's, it's the same principle though to be fair excellent call it onion from now on confuse your teachers um, so you're you're travelling kind of fighting the darker sides of, of Religion and your internalised demons and things like that throughout the game, which is obviously represented in uh, demonic entities and things that you fight instead. So okay. physical constructs of things inside yourself. Um, during the course of the game, you uh, every time you defeat an enemy, because they're based off the souls of others, you develop malice. Okay. Which causes you to have to fight a um, entity of death is coming for Yuri for murdering too many people in essence can you avoid that there are items and things you can to reduce your malice things you okay. can do like a massage or if no but bit of a if, spitty moment of self love so I suppose so probably yeah it sounds interesting what sets it apart from every other JRPG that's ever existed in the history of forever the story is a lot more um, adult Okay, it's, it's not quite as uh, the teen demographic as as most JRPGs tend to fall under. Right. You know, very daft and silly in places. So this game is yeah. regularly dark. The sequel fell into the 
typical JRPG elements and stuff like this, but this game is dark throughout the whole thing. Mm. You are you trying to save the soul of the woman you are with. Okay. Um, is it your own? Is it a bit save the damsel in distress? Been there a million times before. A touch, but she's got more agency than they generally give. Okay. Others. Japanese RPGs particularly have very much a focus on you need to work together with other people to be able to achieve things you can't do things on your own so she needs others to help but she's capable of defending herself and looking after herself and okay. things like that she's her own entity is it a party like. system so you kind of play all of them uh, yes I mean in combat you tend to play a choice of three yeah. um, any one time kind of thing. it's not got one of those weird later RPG systems where you automate everything so the no. game just plays itself because no. that was rubbish yeah, I'm looking at you Final Fantasy 13 yeah like, that was amazingly funny I press a button and ignore the game that's because no. they don't want to make games anymore they want to make films yeah no no because no, it just makes you fight things over and over again but you just can leave the control and walk away from it yeah yeah no you have to be invested in every single all, every yeah. combat you come across is dangerous each because all the enemies you're coming across are demonic forms of feelings or uh, thoughts that are going around various areas. There's a village that in China and Zhanghao, I think it is, that's been um, taken over by the zealous of trying to destroy Japan because it's across the sea from it. Yeah. And everybody is becoming taken over by these demons. Yeah. So you're murdering villagers because you have to, because they're fighting back, but you are fighting innocent people who have just malformed into something else. Sounds like the kind of thing that happens to me each and every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, each character's got a sanity meter. Ooh. Um, yes. Now I'm interested. Um, Should open with that. They can only last a certain amount of time in combat. Okay. So this makes every we- single one... Some of them can only last a f- few turns before they go mad. Okay. And then we'll just do whatever the hell they like. Run away, attack you, attack enemies. Just do the berserk thing they normally do in other things, okay. but all just randomly. Do you have to stuff. massage them, give them a spitty moment of other people love? You need to take them away from the combat. Okay, so can you switch them in and out yes. in the fight? Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, that wastes time. It leaves your other characters vulnerable. Okay. Um, so you've got to balance moving people out, in and out of combat to keep them there. The ones that generally have the more powerful attacks and things generally lose their sanity a lot quicker so the glass cannons yes yeah. or you've got your tanks that can last for ages but don't really do it a lot. yes uh, Yuri particularly is normally one you have I think you staff every combat with him in it because his sanity means quite high because he's used to dealing with these dealing things. with those yeah. sort of things however he can channel uh, the d- demons he's taken control of yeah. and lose a large chunk of his sanity meter to sacrifice it to be better at combat for that particular turn is it all just a potent sexual metaphor <laughs> uh, not that I remember of no okay, okay. that's that question yeah. okay. anything else to add Colin or are you just so uninterested because you don't like JRPGs no I was, I was just thinking it's is the story more grounded I mean some of the spectacle of the Final Fantasy series is just seemed to be showing off rather than doing it for gameplay reasons no it felt a lot more grounded yeah. uh, I mean obviously it is based on saving the world so yes. there is an element of that to it definitely but it's being saved on a slot smaller scale if that makes sense yes you're you're a lot more invested in the story as I said it's, it's a lot darker you are okay. faced with avenues where you you know like I said like this village has just gone past the point you were trying desperately for one of the characters you meet just beforehand has gone there to try and 
save um, them. Save them, yeah, because in uh, Chinese mythology, uh, somebody could be possessed by a demon, and there are ways of exorcising them in particular ways. Not like folic exorcism sort of thing, it tends to be a lot more pleasant, um, <laughs> their exorcisms. Um, but he's there to try and save them. Okay. And it's not until you get most of the way through the village you find that you can't. And he murdered most of them anyway. Yes, <laughs> at that point. So, so it was all okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so you tend to get faced with a lot more darker moments and stuff like that. The decisions you make in it, there isn't much in the way of, you know, you choose one element to save over another, that kind of thing, because it is fairly linear as far as the story's told, but it's well told. Okay. And adult. Cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Colin, your third and final choice. Okay, my third and final choice... Um, it's not one of my favourite games, to be honest. It's not even on the top ten of my favourite games. Well, I'm, I'm enraptured already, dude. <laughs> Good. I'm, uh, see, what I'm doing here is uh, making it sound rubbish and then coming out with the most amazing game ever. Okay. That's a good plan. Um, it is, however, a game that I have constantly gone back to every time I have an hour or two to kill, 20, 30 minutes here and there, and even after a good four or five years now I still keep going back to it to play a couple of levels okay it is Halo Wars Ooh, okay the RTS game made by Bungie Brian has died <laughs> excellent I will explain to Aaron now I'm not a massive fan of Halo it was very nice looking on the Xbox yeah. but now we know it's it's responsible for two weapon slots regenerating health and all that <laughs> bollocks that we all hate yeah. even though the first Halo had a health system but it, fuck you for taking it away yeah. but um, with the RTS version I'm not actually a fan of the genre I like the idea of commanding masses of troops and throwing them across the battlefield and watching them get slaughtered for my own personal amusement or gain um, but I'm not very good at it I don't know about other people but I find it very difficult to get people to do things I can never build stuff quick enough the enemy always seems to build stuff quicker than me so you've got a god complex but you can't manage it's like a god manage yeah, basically yeah. you're like a Norse god yes <laughs> your human foibles ruin everything far for too you. drunk to be paying attention to what's <laughs> actually going on um, the, the only real time strategy game I've ever enjoyed is Dune 2 Battle for Arrakis oh yes. on back. the Mega Drive um, oh god yeah I was on like the SNES and the Amiga and stuff as well it was on or, everything yeah or the Genesis um, if you're feeling biblical yeah. now the way Halo Wars sold it for me is it's very much uh, my first RTS game okay um, you have a population limit yep um, so you're never going to be overwhelmed or underwhelmed when you go attack once you've built um, every unit is worth a number and you can have a, um, a, if you're playing the humans for example you can have 40 yep. a tank is worth 3 a unit of troops is worth one. Yep. Once you have that 40, you cannot build any more until stuff dies. Okay, so you can't just build a million units no, it's, and just send them charging I'm, into a base like you were doing every variety. Yeah, I mean, I remember Command and Conquer. I built up, I built up, I built up, and then I just... I won in about 30 seconds because I just had the biggest army I've ever seen. So there's always an element of risk um, because you've got 40 units or you've got your equivalent 40 units... But you might run into the enemy who has the equivalent of 40. Yeah, so you're always you're trying to manage those units a bit more than yes, you Yes, it's, it's a lot more 
I could throw all these troops in, but if I lose them all because I screw up or because the enemy have built better units than me or, or units to, you, to destroy mine, yeah. he could then immediately fly over and break all my base before I have chance to rebuild. So I found it's a, it's a lot more risk-reward based with rather than just going, oh, I'll just build up and then storm across the board. Okay. Um, the other thing it has is the base has a limit. Unlike other RTSs where... Um, you just plonk down buildings wherever you feel like. There are the base has a number of slots that you put buildings on. Yep. So you have a limit to your buildings. Okay. So if you want to churn out constant stream of tanks, that's fine. Build three tank factories and a couple of reactors to get them all going. But you're not going to be generating much currency. And likewise, if you want all the currency to build everything, you could build nine currency making bases. You can't do anything else because you've used all your slots just to make money. So it, again, you've got that management there of well, what do I build and what's right for this situation? It's starting to sound like a real-time strategy game for people who don't like real-time strategy games. It basically, is yeah. I don't like real-time strategy games. I like this game, <laughs> um, and I've always enjoyed playing it. I always play it three v three. Because I'm going to be honest, the AI is a bit wankety crap, okay. like um, most AIs tend to be. So yeah. it can be quite entertaining with 3v3 running around because my two AIs are either amazing or they sit there with their thumb up their ass going, <laughs> oh, we're being killed again. <coughs> um, oh, they sounded like they were really ill. <laughs> they did, yes. Um with units it's not like I remember I think Command and Conquer 4 you got bears that had explosives strapped to them at one point and you're going what the fuck are these and, and how uh, yeah. and you need a glossary just to work out what units are what um, Halo Wars does it simply it's rock paper scissors tanks beat planes planes no sorry tanks beat troops planes beat tanks, tanks. Beat... troops beat planes yeah basically there are shit planes there are some exceptions um, you get like a flamethrower unit yeah. that's an anti-infantry infantry there's yeah. an anti-tank tank there's anti-plane planes yeah. but for the most part if you send tanks and there's a load of infantry there you go yay I've got the advantage here and okay. vice versa it's not without its faults it has many of the RTS issues including I want to navigate my 17 tanks over this bridge yeah. well shit <laughs> <coughs> Most RTSs tend to need a mouse to be able to jump around the map and stuff particularly well. How does it handle being on the 360? Well, um, it has a hold the button down and it creates an area of effect. Okay. That selects all units in that in that area. Yeah, that's not um, that. It also has a all units selection. Yep. Press the bumper, nice. every unit on the on the board, on the map yeah. is selected it has a local unit so all the um, units on that screen when you go onto your all units you can then scroll through for specific units so you could go I've got four tanks and five infantry I can get click all units and then scroll through I've now got my tanks Yeah, and all my tanks will do what I say now yes it all does normally devolve into everything on that screen hit everything on the enemy until they all go away yeah Problems with the movement, I'm going to be honest, I've circumnavigated because I always build aircraft armies. <laughs> so I don't worry about terrain because I can just fly over everything. 
Okay. It's... Sounds broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, no, because it's because I just build aircraft armies, Yeah. the AI will realise what I'm doing and build anti-aircraft aircraft Yeah. that fuck my shit up very, very quick, especially when I'm playing 3v3 and all three of them start building anti-aircraft aircraft. I always win, I'll admit, but that's because I actually do hit-and-run attacks. But I've not really had a dull game. I've had games that have lasted three hours before when I've been reduced to just me playing versus three AIs and I'm still going and but still having fun. Yeah. Which if after three hours I'm having fun playing a game against some shitty AIs, then it's doing something right. Yeah. I have no questions. I have no interest. You hate (laughs) RTSs. I don't hate RTSs I dislike most of them uh, but it's it's a Halo game it's an RTS game nothing you said has made me interested I couldn't care less nope fair enough it's definitely not one of my favourite games or a game that people should go out and play but, <laughs> but if you are interested in playing an RTS but aren't very good like me or just don't have the patience or don't know what this unit does then Halo Wars is definitely worth checking out because you can have a game in 30 minutes and it will be fun you won't sit there going what the fuck am I doing? why have I suddenly been Zerg rushed the moment I start the game? yeah Yeah, I've started a game and now I've got 100 (coughs) units against me what's going on? no it's nicely balanced enough that you can pick it up immediately and go I know what I'm doing okay excellent so it's now time for us to vote. Oh. So I think we should vote before hearing what other people have said. That's good. Right, I can't remember the other games. Yes, I was going to say, a quick run through the other games. So, so yeah, just to recap, um, my games were Sid Meier's Covert Action, yep. a 1990 mm. spy thriller with various different minigames. With no action. <laughs> Lots of action. Because especially it's covert. Especially if you mess up. <laughs> um, Day of the Tentacle. Yep. A Looney Tunes inspired point and click uh, that's just been re-released. Yeah. And Life is Strange, the best game I've played in years, um, <laughs> which I, I absolutely love, um, mostly for its story. Okay. Uh, and its wonderful characters. Yes. So mine was Stardew Valley, the um, Harvest Moon Animal Crossing simulator, simulator of, of, of. Yes. Melons. Melons, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no More Heroes, the uh, Wii Wanking simulator that <laughs> simulates wanking. <laughs> <laughs> With fake lightsabers. And uh, Shadow Hearts, a darker look at the sides of religion you might not have seen before. Yep. And mine were Conquer Live and Reloaded, Rare's Sick and Tired of Making Kids Games. Yep. Um, the Suffering the closest we're going to get to a Silent Hill clone yep. with some added intrigue and mystery and Halo Wars the non-RTS RTS so we've done a 3-2-1 yep. so I'll give just my third place very quickly my yep. reasons yep. Um, third maybe surprisingly was No More Heroes mm-hmm. uh, I thought it sounded interesting I thought it actually sounded like it may have used the motion controls in an interesting way cool. and as I kind of skipped over the weave for being rubbish um, actually I might come around to your house and play it yeah cool um, I picked Covert Action as my third one okay because um, I really like the sound of an actual proper spy thriller really mm. um, but I feel it might be a too I'm worried it might be a little too not spreadsheety but too in depth and hard mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I also went for covert action. Not for the same reasons, though. I would have placed it higher, but I fear it will look like complete and utter ass. <laughs> Which, once upon a time, we could forgive, but I fear it's going to look so much like ass that it would make me stop playing. <laughs> am I driving a car or, or, or a Yeah, am I looking bin? top... To, am I shooting a man or emptying the bins? <laughs> Who knows? I played it again last year and it does look like us yeah. <laughs> the story and the gameplay sounds amazing yeah. but I just if it's something that we got with a remastering I'd buy it immediately mm. it, yeah good uh, number two then yeah uh, for me Shadow Hearts I'm not as allergic to JRPGs as Colin <laughs> I haven't played a good JRPG <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played a good JRPG in a long time yeah. because I feel I grew out of them. This sounds a bit more mature, a bit more interesting, yeah. and I am genuinely tempted to have a go, see see what that's actually like. Cool. Hopefully they've re-released it somehow and I can get it without... No, no I checked last night because I was going to replay it again. Okay. But you can get it in the States on the PS Store. Yeah. Oh, you'd just... have to have a PS2 and find a second-hand copy somewhere. Or borrow off me because I have it. There you go. Yeah. Cool, I'll just move into yours for a weekend. Cool. Well. Uh, my second place was The Suffering. Ah. Um, because it sounded quite intriguing. You know, the darkness, the uh, exploration of what seemed like a real prison and things that happened there. Um, and I haven't played a good first per- third-person action game in a while to be honest so and yeah I miss Silent Hill I'd like something dark again so yeah yeah Um, I went for No More Heroes similar reasons to Brian (laughs) Um, I can get it might be a bit of a good workout and um, (laughs) let's face it who doesn't like swinging a sword around and if it stops me masturbating for five minutes (laughs) well Nintendo you've done your job (laughs) Excellent. So my winner, the game I am most likely uh, to play out of these and, and genuinely do want to play, um, is The Suffering. Yay! I would really, really like to, to play The Suffering. Um, I missed it the first time around. You've talked about it to me before, not on the podcast, I don't think. No. Uh, but you get really excited by how horrible and grim and dark it is, and you kind of vibrate slightly. Yeah. Um, and that's genuinely... Genuinely? That's generally a good sign if a game makes you physically react yeah, yeah. Uh, then yeah I'd, I, I want to see why at I, the very least I picked for my first one Day of the Tentacle because I do love a good point and click adventure um, as much as I did want to pick Life is Strange <laughs> on there I don't think my, my psyche could face it right now it sounds amazing <laughs> but it sounds like one of those games you have to have the right mindset to deal with which isn't a negative thing mm. so you should should yes. definitely play, but it's like watching Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like... not that bad. No, but it's the general. I genuinely find bittersweet things worse because they uplift you in certain elements and then just shut sh- sh- you down. Oh, oh, Schindler's down. List intercut with Clash of the Titans or something. <laughs> Remember the Titans? That's the one. Um, yeah, Day of the yeah, Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, I, I love a good um, LucasArts comedy style thing, and if it seems to be. More humorous than Monkey Island on Well Sold. Nice. So. Well, that places me and Colin at one point apiece. It does. And for my choice, I chose the JRPG. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. I will oh. play a JRPG if you fucking paid me. <laughs> oh, you bastard. Um, I, chose... <laughs> I was just so happy. I sold something to somebody. Um, I chose Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. Okay. Just because I love that 
type of wacky humour. Yes, yeah. hilarious. I have seen the art style for it. I've seen bits of the game before. Mm. I think a remastering isn't actually necessary because those type of art styles have aged well. Yeah, but you you sold it to me when you said it's lavatories and one of the puzzles <laughs> is you've got to put him in a freezer and then send him <laughs> forward. Yeah. It does sound like something that I maybe need to be a bit bit drunk to play for <laughs> added comic effect. Um, again, I would have possibly gone with Life is Strange, but I have so much uni work to do, I don't need to be any more sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it has actually made me slightly sad, actually. Um, yeah, so... There we go. Nine games that uh, we've really enjoyed and think you should play as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. We're going to run off and play old games now. Yes. Yeah. Individually, independently away from each other. Yeah, I don't want to see you two anymore. No, that's it. Done. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening. If you like what we've done, you can click the like button. You can click the subscribe button. uh, You can put cash in an envelope and send it to us so that we can buy more microphones after Colin has finished spilling energy drinks on the ones that we already have (laughs) yeah that's true yeah and we can buy more energy drinks (laughs) (laughs) no more energy drinks for you shaky McDropperson until next time um, we've been the Critical Twits I've been Brian I've been Aaron and I've been Colin thanks for listening bye bye Bye. we all waved (laughs) yep